That sounds a little creepy. <laughs> Excuse me, may I unbutton my pants in front of you? I don't know you, but I'll unbutton my pants in front of you. Hey, David. Hey, Amy. How are I've you? I missed you. I'm good. I missed you too. It's, I missed your face. I missed your voice. I missed your. How was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> Tell me. It was really nice. Um, yeah. it, we went to my sister's in upstate New York, which means mm-hmm. I wasn't the primary the host. Cook. Yep. So I could just make a few things and call it a day. And uh, mm-hmm. she lives in a really pretty area with a beautiful view. So it was a really nice place. We went for a hike before dinner. Oh my, uh, Everybody contributed, so it was pretty relaxed. Yeah. How about you? Uh, our Thanksgiving, again, like you, we were not the hosts, so we were guests. And so I made stuffing, and we went uh-huh. to our friend's house. And the thing is, there were, I think there were 16 people, of which wow. I knew only maybe four people, five people. So that's right. always, to me, stressful, because it's like you yes. have to work at Thanksgiving <laughs> yes. to say hi to people and meet them and get to know them. But ended up you want to be able really, to like unbutton your pants and you can't collapse do it on there. the couch. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, but it was, um, it was that a very a nice. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, may I unbutton my pants in front of you? I don't know you, but I'll unbutton my pants in front of you. Uh, but it was a nice day. And then the next day on Friday, we had Friendsgiving at other friends of ours, which was really Aww. nice. And it was their family, so we know all of them. So that was really nice. And then on Saturday, we just chilled out. But, you know, I calculated it. I made more than 10 pounds of stuffing. Oof. Oh, my God. And wow. pounds of stuffing. Plus, I made the pumpkin cake with maple cream cheese frosting, which Alan nice. loves, and I have to make that all the time. And then I made mashed potatoes with almost a pound of butter. And I made cake, yeah, I made cake for some other friends of ours for their Thanksgiving. So it was a nice weekend. It really was. Now, David, I have a question. If you yeah. truly were left to your own devices on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. would you make the turkey dinner? No, I would make all the sides. Yeah. I'd make all the sides. Well, let me put it this way. When we had the COVID Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and we had to stay home and couldn't see anyone, we had fried chicken and biscuits and we were so <laughs> happy. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I just think, I mean, I'm happy to develop Thanksgiving recipes. I do enjoy eating the meal and, you know, mm-hmm. well enough. But I'm sure you can relate to this. When you're a recipe yep. developer, you've made so many turkeys and so many stuffings. You get a little tired of it. Yeah, absolutely you do. And that's why Alan wants to have turkey again for Christmas. And I'm like, no, you got to be kidding me. I yeah. am not going <laughs> to have turkey for Christmas. I, I refuse to. I've had my turkey for the year. Now, the thing is, what's interesting, I eat turkey maybe like twice a week in sandwiches, yeah. which I love. Right. But it's very different. Thanksgiving turkey is very different than that kind of turkey. Yeah. And for me, the other funny thing is because I work for a magazine and our our lead times and deadlines are so funny, I'm making a full-on Thanksgiving meal often in July. So by the time November rolls around, I'm kind of done for the year. not interested. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So do you want to explain to everyone why they haven't been hearing us very much? 
Yeah, so we have been really busy with projects outside of the podcast, and Mm -hmm. so we've been cutting back on a recording schedule. I've been filming our show Weekends with Yankee, which will premiere across the country on public television in April. Season seven, right? Season seven, yeah. So we've been having great adventures, and there's going to be good stuff, but that's been pretty time-consuming, and Mm -hmm. you've been busy. Very busy with the website. This is our busiest time of year, so we've been going wild trying to get all the recipes out there for folks and get all our meal plans out for folks. So yeah, so we're going to be back in force in January 2023. So after this episode, this is the last one for the year. Check us out in January. And we've got some really, really good people lined up. So we do. just we stick do. with us. <laughs> and so for this episode, we want to round out the year with our holiday ideas. So we want to talk about some of our favorite recipes and traditions and songs and all the stuff that goes into the end of your holidays. I'm so excited, David, to learn a little more about how you celebrate the holidays. Okay. Because we haven't talked about that a lot. No, we never have. Um, And I'll say for myself, I feel very fortunate that I live in a family we do both Hanukkah and Christmas. Yeah, you are lucky. I am representing (laughs) the Jews. (laughs) You are representing. (laughs) You are standing up. As well as my family's Christmas traditions as well. So Mm -hmm. let's start with food, of course. Okay, yes. David, what is your absolute favorite thing to make during the holidays? And I need details. Okay, so growing up was different. Growing up usually was ham that was in a can. Remember those? Oh, <laughs> yes, I do, yes. And my mom would, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, would get the pineapple rings uh-huh. and the maraschino cherries with toothpicks. Totally, and cloves. The ham was already cooked, but she'd put it in the oven for like three hours. It just wasn't her thing. (laughs) So that's what we had then. But now it's very different. I like to make a beef wellington or a tenderloin. You know, I just like something like that. And if it's the wellington, I do the mushroom ducelle and the pate and, of course, the pastry. And Mm. I just love doing it. Sometimes I'll do individual Mm. beef wellingtons. And then scallop potatoes. We have to have scallop potatoes. And we only Uh have them once a year. Right. We have to have them. And I like lots of finger food. So we'll do things like cheese puffs. Right, or, right. or Gougere. And also this year I'm making Portuguese spicy crackers, which is Ooh. a cheese cracker made with manchego cheese. And you know the spice blend that I developed this yeah. year? With yeah. the spice blend in it and butter, they're outrageously, outrageously oh good. Oh my God. How about you? What's your favorite? Okay, yeah. So I'm going to hold off on cookies. So in my family, traditionally, we would have manicotti on Christmas Eve at my Mm. Lithuanian grandmother's house. Her -hmm. husband was Italian. She learned to make great Italian food. So we would have manicotti, you know, we make the crepes and then we fill them and make a nice bolognese and it's all wonderful and homemade. So it's often that sometimes we switch to something called malfatti, which are little spinach and ricotta dumplings, kind of like nudie, you know, the filling of the ravioli without the ravioli dough the pasta Mm -hmm. dough, and we serve those also in the bolognese sauce. And that is cute because it's red, white, and green, like Christmas and the Italian flag. And usually there's a ham. I have to say I'm not a big ham person myself. but And then for Hanukkah, we have usually have had a Hanukkah party with a lot of latkes. My favorite ones are the sweet potato apple. It's a recipe that's actually in the Apple Lover's Cookbook. Which Um, I have made. 
sweet, savory, yeah. you know, shredded apple, onion, shallots, actually, and mm-hmm. sweet potatoes. And one nice thing about sweet potato latkes is you don't have to squeeze out all that water. That's right, because they don't have it. As you do with russet. Yeah. Very, so they stay really good. crisp yeah, and that's right. uh, yeah. delish. So those are two favorites, but there's so many. I could go on, but I'll stop there. <laughs> we're actually going to go to a Hanukkah dinner, and we're going to cook with the folks who are celebrating Hanukkah. So I'm in charge. Charge? Can you tell I'm from New England? I'm in charge of latkes. I'm in charge of it. And I popped to the car, and I went you to Dunkin'. You think smart? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I parked the car, and I, mean, I shot for latkes. Um, so... I'm in charge of latkes, and I think I'm going to make... <laughs> you just like, the R just like returned to the <laughs> Should English I hit really language. hard? I'm in charge I'm in of charge. latkes. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I'm going to make latke with cheddar cheese. Really? Yes, it's so on the site. Like, so interesting. I'm going to go check it out. So it's sort of... Yeah. Oh, you're right, because you get like a frico, like a... Exactly. Like a crispy cheese. Oh, that's interesting. Doesn't that sound interesting? It's so that's going to be my contribution cheese. to the dinner. Nice. That sounds good. How about your favorite Christmas cookie? Okay. There are two right mm. now. Oh, and also, I got to say, I love, I lately have been getting into making Stalin for Christmas. Oh, you like Stalin? Well, I like my Stalin because I choose the dried fruits. So it's only the fruits I like, like dried mango, mm-hmm. dried apple, no raisins, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a really, really nice almond paste and that just lovely yeasted dough. And I just love mm. it. Anyway, so cookies, there are two primary favorites. One is my Aunt Madeline's pecan puffs. Most people have some version of this recipe. It's nothing new. It's like you can call them Mexican wedding cookies or Russian tea cakes. They're Mm -hmm. the little shortbread with lots of nuts rolled in powdered sugar. And they're just 100% the flavor of Christmas. More recently, I've really enjoyed, and my family loves these cookies. It's from the Sister Pie Cookbook, mm-hmm. and they are buckwheat cookies with coconut and chocolate chips. Oh, wow. And oh my, not only are they totally friendly to all of my gluten-free family members, but the combination of buckwheat flour with coconut and chocolate, it's up there with like blue cheese, walnuts, and pears. It is a perfect pairing. Wow! And so highly recommend those. The Mexican cookies, the Mexican wedding cookies, which you call what? We call them pecan puffs. Pecan puffs. We call them mean boy snowballs. Mean boy snowballs. And you know why? Is remember when you were a kid, those really rotten kids would throw snowballs with at you with a rock in the middle? Yes, yes. So we used to put the almond in the middle, a whole almond oh, or a whole pecan, and then right. wrap it around with the pecans and everything. But it was a whole one inside. Oh, so we that's called it funny. Mean Boy Snowballs. That's so cute. <laughs> I haven't made those in years, in years. Gosh, they're so good and they're so simple. They have like mm-hmm. four or five ingredients. I love them. Yeah. They are pretty labor intensive because you have to roll them and then you have to roll them in the powdered sugar while they're yeah. still warm and all of that, but totally yeah. worth it. All right. Um, do, so I think we. you don't do ham don't or turkey. Don't you want to know what my person. favorite cookies are? Oh, oh my God, just I'm e- so sorry. Ignoring me entirely? There's this only two the of us. This is the season of giving? <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, Hello. I'm not giving you any time. Sorry. No, you're not. You're taking all the time. <laughs> oh, we're a little rusty. <laughs> we okay. are. David, please, please yes. tell me what your favorite cookie is. This is going back to my childhood. 
and I know that it's like not fancy or anything, and I don't even know what they're called, but it's a peanut butter cookie with a Hershey yes. kiss in it. Yes. What are those called? We used to call them peanut butter kisses cookies. Yeah, that. It just reminds me. And every, Rolled in the sugar. everyone would give them to each other in yes. a cookie tin with waxed paper. Yeah. Layers just, of wax paper. Yeah, it just brings me back and it's very simple to make and I yeah. love them. And, and so that's like my favorite kind of nostalgic cookie. But then yes. I mean, I'll go for the crinkle cookies. I'll go for yes. really almost anything, but that's like my, yeah. I guess my secret favorite. Yeah. Now you may continue with the interview. Okay. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> okay. So you're not a turkey or ham person. You're a beef person for yeah. Christmas, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just want to share, I too, if I'm going to do a meat, I would prefer to do a rib roast or a, mm-hmm. a tenderloin. One thing I just want to share with those who have not tried this is the low and slow cooking method for beef mm-hmm. followed by searing in the pan. So you do yes. not sear the meat to start. You cook it really slow, like low, you know, 300 degrees. Yeah. And you get it evenly pink all the way through and then you finish it off the and give it that sear. nice brown crust. Yeah, the reverse sear. Mm-hmm. What about Christmas Eve foods? And I know Italians have their seven fishes. We don't do that. That's more of a Southern Italian thing. Oh, okay. And That's it's right. really northern. cool. And I kind of wish we had that had been our tradition. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I lived in San Francisco, the tradition was very much to have crab, um, Dungeness crab on Christmas oh. Eve. Yeah. But not the fishes here. What other foods do you have and make for Hanukkah? So I like to have at least, you know, three different kinds of latkes if we're having a party. Ooh. And do you do mini latkes? Do you do large latkes? I do like hockey puck sized. Hockey puck? Not, not, not as thick as thick, a hot. Right, but that's, that's yeah. kind of a larger one. They're not like a latkeette. No, no. I, I don't know. I think partly because we make so many and I... I just want to get through them, so I start making them bigger and bigger until we're looking at something that. <laughs> Next like thing you know, you got dinner plate latkes. <laughs> it's like it's a, a roasty at that point. <laughs> a roasty, yeah. Here, yeah. eat it. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Scott's usually the fryer in chief. He mans those pans. I really appreciate that because I I hate standing there. But we have worked out for a system for kind of preventing the house from smelling, smelling like, like oil. Yeah. We got mm-hmm. a really good air filter that we put in, the air purifier <laughs> that we put in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And, and also we do it a few days ahead. Okay. But yeah, making them ahead of time really helps. But mm-hmm. then with the, all of that richness, I want like lots of salads, including mm-hmm. a fruit salad. For some reason, that has just become the tradition. So we do usually a variety of like grain-based salads and green salads. Uh, mm. Not usually meat, actually. We we kind of feel like with the heaviness of the latkes, there might be a salad with chicken folded into it. Okay, or, yeah, you yeah. know, it's pretty much rich stuff with a light meal on the side and cookies for dessert. That's how we've always done it. Brisket is very common. Like, you know, when I go to my in-laws, we always, there's always brisket. Brisket, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, carrots and the full kind of menu. But for us, we, we just haven't done it. And do you eat a special meal every night of Hanukkah? No, we just, some nights are busy. You know, it's a full week of celebration. So mm-hmm. the first night we make a big fuss. The next couple nights, we're definitely eating at home together. Maybe by the fourth night, <laughs> we're like... in front of the TV, but we always <laughs> light the candles. And it's, for me, having grown up with Christmas and now really enjoying celebrating 
Hanukkah. It is this moment of quiet and peace in the middle of all the craziness of the holiday season. That moment of lighting the candle and singing the prayers is so beautiful to me. I love it. So yeah, I'm very glad to have it. I've never done it. It'll be my first year. I can't wait. Okay. How about this? Christmas Mm -hmm. morning foods. What do you have on Christmas morning? A lot of times it will be pumpkin pancakes because, mm. you know, the one who loves pumpkin with the right. butter and the syrup and bacon or sausage. Right. That's really it for us. How about you for breakfast? So my mom makes this wonderful retro cherry nut cake and it's mm. a bunt cake that has, you know, the maraschino cherries you get in a jar yeah. and actually walnuts, <laughs> but it has <laughs> almond extract. And okay. so it has this, it's very moist. It's, you know, got cream cheese in it. So it gives it mm. that nice crumb mm-hmm. and It would not be Christmas without it. We usually have that, scrambled eggs, some sausages. Sometimes there's like a Dutch baby pancake with apples, but it has to be the cake that has to be there. Oh, that's interesting. See, breakfast isn't really that important for us, but lunch is absolutely dictated. We've been having the same Christmas lunch for 30 years. Really? No, and I should say, of all the recipes you've brought up so far, Mm. are these all available on Leeds Culinaria? Yeah, all of them. Yeah, because this, like the cherry nut cake is on newengland.com. Most of the recipes I've been talking about. Yeah, so. Yeah, everything. uh, Yeah, we don't want to leave anybody high and dry. (laughs) Right, exactly. Oh, I love your podcast, but I couldn't find any of your recipes that you talked about. (laughs) So go to either newengland.com or Leeds Culinaria, depending on who's talking. Okay. Now, tell me about your lunch. All right. So the lunch is very simple, but it's an oyster stew. Okay. It's not an oyster chowder, but it's an oyster stew. So it's thin. It's got Mm -hmm. paprika. It's got a lot of butter in it Mm. and the oysters. And it's just our tradition is to have it in my grandmother's bowls, which are white with little red flowers on them, Mm hand-painted red flowers. And that is our Christmas lunch. And that Mm. has never changed in 30 years. And oyster crackers, which we will keep in the cabinet for about five months. Because <laughs> you <laughs> and can't eventually use them throw all. out in May. Right. When the moths show up <laughs> to claim yeah. them. <laughs> so do you ever do an open house kind of situation? Have you ever done that, a holiday open house? You know, no, we don't like people that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Friends of ours did. Many, many years ago, her mom did an open house and she had Swedish meatballs, which I adored, and all kinds of cookies and all kinds of cheeses. But no, what about you? Are you an open house kind of gal? I've always wanted to be that person, but usually our hands are full with family. And so we haven't done that, but one day I will. And one dish that I know I will make, because I have done this dish for sort of brunches Mm -hmm. and more open housey type parties, is the pork and apple pie with cheddar sage crust. Oh, yes, that's wonderful. It's so good, and it's the best thing about it is it's really good at room temperature. Mm-hmm. The pie has a layer of apples mm-hmm. just cooked. Underneath that is a layer of spiced pork yeah. with warm spices, and it's sweet and savory, and the crust is buttery but has cheddar and sage, and it's just so delicious. So that would be the sort of centerpiece for me. What would you say on Leet's Culinaria? Like, what's a great recipe for an open house? Believe it or not, you're going to laugh. Ikea meatballs. I love Ikea meatballs, which are Swedish meatballs. I love them. They're so good. There's also a recipe on there for Finnish meatballs where they take Mm -hmm. a berry and they put it inside and then wrap the meat around it. So you get that burst of sour right in the middle, which is kind of nice. Getting back to your pie, is the filling 
kind of like a tortier filling. Tortier. Yeah. Tourier. Yeah, there's no potatoes in it. Tortier. 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 It's kind of like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> would you make your pie as small hand pies maybe? Or would it be a regular one that you cut oh, slices? That's such a good idea because the pie was actually inspired by these British pies called Bedfordshire Clangers, mm-hmm. which miners used to eat and yeah. on one side would be some sort of meat and on the other side would be a fruit and so you'd have your your it's lunch and your dessert, dessert in one yeah, pie which is cool so yeah it would absolutely work as a hand pie and that would be sort of a fun way to do it i mean more time right to like yeah. make each individual pie but it would be really delicious and fun for people especially if you did them as mini pies yeah. and then you had them as finger That'd food that would be nice. really fun so i know yeah. it If I ever had an open house, that's what I would serve. And I would invite you. And I would expect you to travel three and a half hours to get to my open house. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Now, you did mention tortilla. So that is traditionally like a French-Canadian, Acadian Mm -hmm. dish. That is a spiced meat pie with mashed potatoes. It's really, yeah, it's very, My friend Suzanne Fortier, who, by the way, loves this podcast. So, Suzanne, if you're listening, this is for you, makes the most amazing... Tortier, tortier, tortier. I never can pronounce it well. How do you say it? <laughs> well, we say tortier, tortier, but I think that's obviously an American, yeah. or, you know, an Americanization. And she of it. makes an yeah. amazing one. Her family does. I've been to her family's house for Christmas Eve, and it was just wonderful. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit less about food and a little bit more about rituals. Mm-hmm. Okay, what rituals, David, mm-hmm. could you simply not live without? It's interesting because I asked the one this question earlier today. And I said, what are our Christmas rituals? Without skipping a beat, he goes, we don't have any, which is not true. (laughs) We do have them. Now, one of them is the, of course, which is food, but the oyster stew. But putting up the tree is really an important. I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone has that, of course, putting up the trees, putting up the lights and decorating. And that's really important. But one of the things is we don't give each other gifts. Mm. And it's not like every year, but for the majority of the time we've been together, which is 30 years, we really don't give gifts to each other. We'll give cards, but we just Mm -hmm. don't really see the need of giving gifts. We just want to be with each other on Christmas. And another thing, Christmas is not Christmas in our house without Karen Carpenter and the Carpenters. I just got to say that that's in our house. We have to play Karen Carpenter and her Christmas album. Right. How about you? I'm a junkie. I mean, I am just, I soak it up. And in fact, one trend that I am so thrilled to see Mm -hmm. is the pronounced spread of holiday markets in the European style coming to cities. We went to one in New York a couple of weeks ago in Bryant Park. We went to one last night in Boston in the Seaport District. Mm -hmm. That was fabulous. Mulled wine, waffle vendors, uh, local artisans with their crafts. Mm -hmm. It was so charming. (laughs) I love that. I love, 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 love it. Then there are the usual ones, you know, decorating the tree, da, da, da. Um, I would say for Hanukkah, it's we really, really always want to be with my in-laws in Miami, it's so wonderful to get everybody together. Scott has a big, wonderful family. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole fam family singing <laughs> and lighting the candles together and the chaos of all the little cousins opening their presents. It's just 
fabulous and also lovely to get away from a cold New England winter for a couple yeah. of days. And then, <laughs> and then on our side, we go to the Unitarian Church for this beautiful candlelit Christmas Eve service, and we couldn't do without oh, that. Oh, that's lovely. One thing you reminded me of is in our town, they have what they call the Lumieres. And oh, it's, that's so I think nice. You know what they are, right? The the yes. white paper bags with the candles yep. and the sand, and they line all of the town square, the center, what's called the town green, and they have that yep. in the next town over. Now, the next town over, Bridgewater, it looks like a Christmas card, and they have it there. Yeah. And so every time we do this, we get into an argument because I'm always telling him, turn off the lights of the car. He says, we're right. going to do an accident. I said, no, we're not. Turn off the lights. Because <laughs> when you turn the lights off, it just it's this wonderful like runway of all oh. these candles flickering in these bags. Yeah. It's so beautiful. I lived in New Mexico for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And the tradition, they call them either luminarias or farolitos, farolitos. Mm-hmm. And they line the adobe, the old adobe buildings oh, with these. Really? and. Oh my God, you've got to see it. One day it's like, mm. a, it's a bucket list thing to see Santa Fe all lit up wow. with these farolitos. It's gorgeous. Wow. Highly, highly I recommend love that. this time of year. Yeah, me too. So what about childhood memories? Any special childhood memories that pop up? It's so funny, these little things. I think so many of them are shared, but my grandfather had used to have horses. And so they had sleigh bells in oh, the really? um, basement. Wow. So one night my uncle went out to get batteries for some toys, quote unquote, that we had we had gotten. And then he went down into the basement and started ringing the bells. And we truly believed that Santa Claus oh, had stopped at my grandmother's house to get some water for the reindeer. So <laughs> sweet. We were apoplectic, like almost passed out, so excited, truly believed it. And it was very lovely. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. How about you? Do you remember the old fashioned, they're coming back in style, the silver Christmas trees? Oh. And they had the color wheel that would go red, blue, yellow, green. Oh, my God. I love that. And we we were actually contemplating getting one this year, but we couldn't find one that we really liked. You know, the other big one is we take an old wagon, Mm -hmm. like a kid's wagon from the little kid days. We walk down to a little city Christmas tree lot that's about five blocks away. We load up a six foot, seven foot tree on that tiny little red wagon and we drag it home. And it's just, it's sweet. And it's not picturesque. This is Alston. We're we're walking through Alston, Massachusetts. (laughs) It's like a student neighborhood, lots of bars. Lots of bars. (laughs) It's it's very sweet time in our family's life. So yeah, there you go. So are you ready for the, you know what? You ready? Yes. All right. Our world famous feared by foodies everywhere, Chop Chop Round. (laughs) I love doing that. Uh, So tell me, favorite holiday song? This year, I am super into a song by the waitresses Mm. from uh, Christmas Wrapping. Do you know this one? Mm -hmm. Merry Christmas. It sounds like Debbie Harry singing it, but it's not Debbie Harry. It's the waitresses. It's from like 1982, Mm -hmm. very much in that tradition. And you have heard it. You'll know when you hear it. Anyway, love that song. It's a bop. It's a it's a Christmas bop. How about you? Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. 
Jack yeah. Frost nipping at your nose. I think we're going to be sued for having used that music. That's my favorite, favorite one of all time. Yeah, that's lovely. All right. How about mm-hmm. your most your your most favorite Christmas TV show or movie? Hands down, it is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and the Charlie Brown Christmas. Those two. I'm mm. a classicist. Yeah, yeah, I get that. How about you? You know, there is this series on Netflix that for the past, uh, A, it's like uh, embarrassingly any Hallmark movie probably, but there's a series on Netflix called like Home for Christmas and it's Norwegian. Mm. So it's in Norwegian. You can either hear it in Norwegian with subtitles. There's also, you can choose the voice of the dubbed English version. And it's about this, it's like Sex in the City mm. set in Norway during Christmas. Oh my. With all the Norwegian, like, cozy, Hygge. Hygge. how do you pronounce that? Huga vibes, which is, I know not how they say it, but Huga, right? Huga. It is so pretty, mm. and she's very, she's she's great, and it's a, it's a, it is a good one. It is a little bit, I would not watch it with kids. They're very relaxed about sex up there in Scandinavia. And so just, you've been warned, but it's not a lot of that. It's mostly a lot of charm and like Christmas trees and family dinners mm-hmm. and things. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about your most beaten up holiday cookbook? You know, I don't have a holiday cookbook. I just have collections yeah. of recipes that I put yeah. together. So there's no one cookbook. Do you have one, a beaten up I'd say it's like my most beaten up holiday media are little recipe cards that my yeah. mom wrote up for me so I have the family recipes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about your greatest holiday faux pas in the kitchen? So remember those malfatti I was mm-hmm. telling you about? Um, well, I was hosting one year at the big Christmas dinner and I thought I'd be so organized and make all the malfatti ahead of time and freeze them. And then I could just <laughs> drop them in the boiling water. But I forgot that, see with the malfatti, the thing is you want to get them light mm-hmm. enough. You don't want them to be heavy. So you're careful with the amount of flour you put in. You want enough to bind it together, but not so much that you have these heavy, yeah. heavy leaden balls, yeah. right? So I make them all, I freeze them all, I start dropping them in and they're just dissolving. There's like a raft right. of spinach floating on top and I've got everybody sitting out in the dining room and I'm thinking, I am so on top of my game. And I just forgot to test them because you have to always test right. one to make sure that you've hit that sweet spot. So that was the most, it was a disgusting, watery mass of what I could salvage. Yeah. It was so, it was so embarrassed. Oh, okay. How about you? Uh, mine happened, I must've been about 28 or 29. I came to the city and I was living in Brooklyn and I had some people over it and I never made a goose and I always wanted to make goose. So I went <laughs> to the Italian butcher and I said, I want to make a goose for Christmas. I'm going to order one. And he leaned out, who's a very small guy. He got like on top of a crate or something and looked over the uh-huh. counter, the, the case and said, do you know how to make a goose? Like, of course I do, which I had never made goose in my life. I had no idea. <laughs> so I ordered it. I got it home and it was Christmas morning and I started cooking it and I was putting all this butter under the skin. You know, I just thought lots mm-hmm. of butter, so it's going to be nice and moist and stuff, not knowing that geese are just filled with fat. You want to get fat yes. out of the goose. And so I'm putting all this butter inside, and then I put it inside in the oven, and I start roasting it. And it's like there's this tsunami of fat in the bottom of the pan, which right. I cannot figure out. So, And I'm looking for the pop-up button 
you know, little pop-up button. So I'm turning it around over and over again, looking for this pop-up button. I called my my dad. I called my mom. Neither one of them had made goose. And I just, I just said, all right, fine. I put it in and I just, I hoped for the best. And it came time to serve right. it. And I bring it out to the table and everyone's like, ooh, and ah, goose, never had goose. And I start to carve and there's absolutely no meat on this bird. <gasps> There's oh not so God. one of the guests club we can always have pizza, wise ass. And so <laughs> you had the Cratchit goose before <laughs> yeah, yes. Scrooge's transformation. Exactly. And so uh we had mashed potatoes. I mean, we had I, I didn't even make mashed potatoes, I think I made baked potatoes and some dessert and some wine. And I was so disgusted after everyone left, I took the goose and I flipped it into the trash. And when I flipped it, there were the breasts. Oh my God. I was carving <laughs> off the goose's back. <laughs> oh, that's really so, funny. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't, didn't make goose for years and years and years until our neighbor, Danny, she, uh, she's from Britain and she makes goose all the time. And so she uh, explained to me how to make it. But uh, that was my biggest Christmas disaster was the goose. <laughs> You know, your your story in the Cratchit reference <laughs> reminded me that reading A Christmas Carol is an absolute necessity. Oh, yes, I don't know if you're yes. as obsessed with that and as another, I am. Absolutely. Another tradition that we do, actually, is we watch the movie Christmas in Connecticut with Barbara Stanwyck. Oh, Love yay. that. We watch it every that. year. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right. How about the last best holiday food that you ate? It's a little early in the season it when we is recording a little, And this. I have to say, I... I I would serve this at Christmas. The stuffing I made, I, it was just amazing. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, yeah. sage pork and sausage, and it had uh, sourdough bread. It had really Ooh. rich stock and lots of yeah. herbs, and of course, tons of bell seasoning. And it was just, mm. it was exquisite. I would say it was amazing. How about you? I have made so many stuffings over the years, and my sister made the classic Pepperidge Farm. Mm-hmm. And if it was not, the most delicious. It, it I mean, is, it was is. so, you can't beat yeah, it. Like, I, know. I have made cornbread three days ahead, let it dry out to make a wonder. Yeah. There is no comparison. This yeah, of, I know. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. For, I guess for me, because it's so, somewhat early in the season, but the mulled wine and waffles at the holiday oh, market okay, in Boston yeah. last night was special and lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, last mm-hmm. one. How about the most underrated and overrated holiday foods? Well, this is kind of related to your mulled wine. I think homemade eggnog is really underrated. I think people don't want to make it. It's really underrated. And it's extremely right. good. And it's very easy to make. And I think the really overrated one for Christmas, cheese balls. I never hmm. want to see a cheese ball on my table. I just think they're wicked overrated. Okay, I'm going to actually flip that. I am going to go opposites on you. No. I don't understand the appeal of eggnog. I mean, I can intellectually, but for me, it's like so rich. Mm, that's a good part about so it. so heavy that I just don't enjoy it myself. Oh, okay. But, you know, more power to you. It's not that I love any cheese ball, but if you were to give me a good pimento cheese ball, mm-hmm. I am one happy girl. Really? So. <laughs> Do you ever see the cheese balls that are in the shape of bells for Christmas? You ever seen those? Oh my God. I just got a catalog today. It's the it's the old school. Oh, here, the Swiss Colony. I got the Swiss Colony catalog yes. today. And I bet they have I'm that. I'm sure they do. I love this catalog. <laughs> 
I used to go through when I was a kid and I'd look, you know how they do those towers, those like towers of, of boxes yes. of oh, stuff, I would love like yes. baklava and sausage. I would always be like, what's the biggest <laughs> one? Where's the biggest, most one. expensive one? Uh, and I've got one here. It's 78 all-time favorites. It's $155. I'm sure there's a bigger one even. But anyway. Yeah, this, I, this yeah. is like oh, gosh. childhood. Yeah. Oh well, Amy, this is our last podcast of the year, and yeah. it's been such a joy. I'm going to get a little emotional. Such a joy to be hosting it with you. I have thoroughly enjoyed each episode. I love co-hosting with you, and I want to wish you and Scott and your family. A wonderful holiday season. Oh, David, I feel exactly the same way. And I send all the good tidings of the season to you and your family. I'm so grateful that we've started this. I'm so excited to continue. And I'm so grateful to everyone who listens and mm -hmm. has reached out to say they enjoy it. And I hope you'll enjoy what's coming ahead in 2023. And, you know, I think you and I, we knew we really enjoyed each other. And I've loved having our friendship develop along with this podcast. Yeah. It's been a, a real gift this year. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Talking With My Mouthful is produced by Over It Studios, and our producer is the holly jolly Adam Claremont. You can reach Adam and Over It Studios at overitstudios.com. Remember to follow Talking With My Mouthful wherever you download your favorite podcasts. As always, if you like what you hear and want to support us, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you in 2023. Ciao. Bye, David. It'll be a raging shamash. A raging <laughs> shamash? So Do you want to translate? <laughs> That was so dumb. Um, it's a shamash is the candle that you use to light the other candles in your menorah. <laughs> okay. You'll be a Mo shamash. <laughs> Were you trying to like do a play on the word smash? Yes. I was like, you'll be a shamash. Oh my God. When you have yeah, to actually so have a translation oh, of what you were trying to say. And I know, so It's bad. a bad joke, but okay, a samash. Okay. okay. Really, Adam, I'm not sure that's even worthy of a blooper. <laughs> <laughs>